My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Ross Simmons, founder and CEO of Foundation Marketing. Ross is a man who needs no introduction. He's a popular conference speaker and frequent keynoter. He's spoken at nearly every major industry conference that I can think of, including MozCon, SearchLove, Learn Inbound, the CTA Conference, and many more. Ross regularly appears on podcasts and webinars. It's also a pretty safe bet that any list of the top content marketers in the world will include Ross, usually pretty high up in the rankings. Ross is also a must-follow on Twitter with the handle The Coolest Cool. His content is so consistently good on social media that I started our conversation asking about his approach and how he's built such a loyal following. Anyone who has followed Ross for any length of time has heard the phrase, create once, distribute forever. Somewhere during his career, Ross noticed an issue with content creators. They might take a lot of time and effort to create something valuable, they don't spend the requisite time, or perhaps they don't possess the ingenuity to promote the content as widely as possible. What are those emotions that make marketers tepid about promoting content? Does content promotion require creative people to get out of their comfort zone? What does an actual content distribution plan look like? I'm going to ask Ross these questions and many more. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Ross Simmons. We'll talk about his content distribution playbook. We'll talk about why he thinks mindset is so important. We'll spend a little time talking about how to use value as a sort of North Star to guide your content marketing plan. Ross Simmons, welcome to Sudden Search. How are you doing? Very well, Merrick. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. I am really, really excited to talk to you. I've been a big fan of yours for a while now. Thank I want to dive into content marketing and get in the weeds. But you know, before we do that, uh, you are a must-follow on social media. I think you. It's. I'd be hard-pressed to think of anybody I could recommend more. Uh, it starts with the greatest Twitter handle of all time, the coolest cool. But the content is so consistently excellent that I wanted to ask you, you know, what are your secrets? When you sit down at the computer <laughs> in the day, how do you approach social media? It's, it's so outstanding. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think um, it really comes from a place of curiosity. Like when I, when I think about social and I think about all of the different channels that I'm on, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. I really just love to experiment with the different channels and try to see how I can use them to kind of connect with people and help people and inspire people and motivate them to kind of unlock the opportunities that exist in this cool digital world that we live in. So for me, I I, I navigate it with curiosity first, and then from there, um, I root and try to root everything into an idea of value. Like, how can I add more value to the people who are on the other end of the keyboard? And if I can do that, then consistently, it's uh, it's been able to to work out. I've been able to meet some cool people. I've been able to make some lifetime connections, um, and at the same time, also be able to unlock new opportunities as it relates to um, business. Well, it's a You've got a big fan here. So anyone who follows your your social media has heard this phrase, create once, distribute forever. This is uh, yeah. like yeah. Your, your, your trademark. This One of the things I thought about beforehand is like, this makes way too much sense to be this elusive of a concept, but it's so right. true. You know, it's like, right. it's like I, I started to make, to make it personal. We have this podcast. Um, yeah. I, I, I love doing it. I love creating it. And there's probably like, we could be doing more. Let's be honest. We could be doing more. We could be repurposing right. it a zillion right. different ways. Um, I'd be lying if I said we're doing everything we could. So, uh, you know, what, I, what I'm trying to get to is like, what's holding marketers back? What is that emotion that mm. makes us about promoting content? What, what's holding us back? 
Yeah, I think it's two types of fear. I think one fear is a fear that is rooted in any creator. Like when you distribute your content and you promote your content, you are putting yourself at risk of being told by the reaction of others that the piece of content that you've created is not actually good. And no one wants that feeling. No one wants to say, I promoted this, I amplified it, I got one like, and it happened to be from my mom. Nobody wants that experience. Like I've been there, I've had that experience. I can remember sharing things about marketing and putting it out on my Facebook page and getting two likes, one from mom and one from my buddy Matt, who happened to be in a fantasy football league for me and be like, this sucks, like this is brutal. And we don't want that feeling because it tells us that the rest of the marketers, the people we're trying to connect with, might not have cared about what we said. Our title, our headline, our story, our content wasn't that good. And that holds a lot of us back. But what a lot of us don't realize is that the truth is, maybe our sample size just isn't good enough. Like maybe we don't have a big enough reach. Maybe the people who we're trying to connect with were online at that same time when you press share. Maybe you published it and the people who follow you aren't exactly the right fit. Like when I produced those pieces of content early on in my career, I didn't have connections in marketing. So the people who were liking it had no connection to the stories that I was creating and sharing. So that is one of the fundamental reasons why people don't share content. It's because of a fear that the market is going to tell them that it's not good simply by not caring and not engaging and interacting. The other fear that I think folks have when it comes to distribution and promoting their content is the fear of being too promotional. People have this idea that if you promote yourself too much, people are going to unfollow you. People are going to say the content you're sharing is too much. It's too frequent. I don't want to subscribe to you anymore. I don't want to read this from you. And the truth is you can get to that point. You can overshare. You can overproduce. You can over distribute your content, but at the core, if you believe the content that you're producing is valuable, that it can help someone, that it can serve the people who have already opted into your content and your story, then you're doing a disservice to them by not putting your content out there. And I think we as people have to get over those two elements of fear. One, the fear that you will be told or have no interactions and that people won't engage. And two, the fear that people will unfollow you. We should be not afraid to be unfollowed. We should promote our content with the idea that if we're adding value to our audience, it's a good thing. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think I'd try this one out with you too. So creative people who create content tend not to be great at details, right? They tend not to be awesome with, you know, Standard operating procedures in my company. You know, the, yeah. I think this might be the case for for some people you you, you work with. So, um, is it ever like the desire to create the next thing? Like to just yeah. keep keep creating stuff outweighs the desire to be pragmatic, disciplined, mm-hmm. steady, um, do the do the logical thing. It's sort of like it's. I know I should eat the salad, but the cheeseburger tastes right. better. I want to do yeah. that more. You ever run into that 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 conundrum? As it's well? common. It's common and the reason why it's common is because it feels so good, right? Like it feels so good to press publish on a piece of content. You put sweat and blood and tears into developing an asset and then you hit publish on it. There's a real dopamine rush that you are impacted by that makes you want to get that hit again, that makes you want to 
go through that experience. There's a great quote, I forget who said it, but I hate to write, but I love to have written. And that is the essence of the creator's dilemma. Like during the process, it's painful, but when you complete it, when you are done developing a podcast, when you're done writing a blog post, it feels so good to have done that, that we chase that high, we chase that feeling, and we don't make time in between to capitalize on all of the work and all of the energy that was put into the asset that we created. If a celebrity, a famous musician like Beyonce never promoted her albums and just created albums all the time, we never would have actually heard of Beyonce because she just would have created the music and would have never promoted it. She never would have reached out to radio stations. She never would have reached out to agents. It never would have been distributed. Destiny's Child wouldn't exist. That wouldn't have happened. But because she distributed her content, she was able to become Beyonce. And that is one of the things that most people forget. It's like, the same way that a musician goes on tour to reach new audiences in different areas throughout their country, their state, whatever, we as creators should be going on tour with our content to distribute it to the audiences that we want to connect with so they can consume it and ultimately become our fans, become our supporters, become our customers, and become people who love the work that we do. Yeah, and I think the other challenge that that you're, 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 you're hinting at as well as like to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So if you're, mm. let's say you're an SEO or you're pick, pick any sort of like whatever your right. deep one on your T, T chart is, is like, you're, uh, you're really into that. You want to kind of do that a lot, but uh, social yeah. media marketing, yuck, email marketing, yuck. Right. like I don't make a newsletter, like, come on, like, just let me do my SEO thing all the time. So pushing yourself to get out of your comfort zone, you know, that can help you win. That can help get your content yeah. more exposure. That's, that's the uh, that's the trick. It's like, that's yeah, it. you can stay in your silo, but your audience yeah. isn't all there, right? I mean, exactly, and it's a key part of SEO as well. It's often overlooked, but distribution is a key element of great SEO when it comes to things like backlink outreach. When it comes to like finding ways to get your content in front of organizations and reporters who can ultimately link to it, like those are elements and outcomes that happen on the back of distribution. It might not be as linear as optimizing on-site content and making sure that that's all structured correctly, that you're going after keyword intent, but there is some synergies that you need to understand around distribution can be a key part of a solid SEO strategy. If across the board you understand keyword intent for high value keywords, and then you're able to distribute that content again in from a content marketing lens then the people who land on that content are going to be influenced by the same story that existed on that page from the beginning so yes it's great that you've created these series of landing pages that speak truly to a search intent that is connected to the goals of your customer amazing but if we can add on top of that a layer of distribution where we're starting to see not only organic traffic going to these pages but also referral traffic we're starting to see social traffic go to these pages or maybe we're just seeing an increase in backlinks because we started to reach out to newsletters and that's driving sponsorship um, or driving backlinks directly to it because they're publishing on the site as well as hitting everyone's inbox there's so many different nuances that we can think about where it all works together and i think the moment that SEOs, the moment that content marketers, the moment that email marketers, all of us come together and say, we all have one outcome. We're trying to achieve results for our clients, for our brands, et cetera. It just makes the game entirely easier. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these labels are bullshit too. It's like, you're just That's trying it. to create value for people. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it. it's really true. So, um, 
you know, let's 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 get down to a little bit more of a tactical level, if I could. So somebody yeah, who's watching this has probably poured their heart into some piece of content. They're they're about to hit publish. It's it's yep. a, it's almost that time, and they right. probably have no distribution planned or mapped out at all, even even right. a basic level. Yeah. Before they hit publish, what word of caution would you give them? What should they do? What should that plan entail, even if it's a basic plan? Yeah, so the first thing that they need to do is make some time because one of the biggest mistakes that creators make is that they just make time to create another thing instead of distributing your things. So you're going to need to make some time. You're going to need to forward think a little bit and plan, all right, if we've invested, let's say, 15 hours in creating this amazing asset and we believe that if we create invest 15 minutes into promoting it, we're actually doing this asset a disservice. That's the first mental mindset that you need to embrace is that you don't want to spend 15 minutes promoting something that took you 15 hours. You want to promote that thing for equivalent amount of time as it took you to create it. Now people are saying, how in the world am I going to promote something for 15 hours? Well, this is what you would do. On day one, you're going to go to social media and you're going to send out a tweet. On You're going to share it on LinkedIn. You're going to have the copy created for all of those different assets. You're going to share it on Facebook. You're going to find a Facebook group where your audience happens to be spending time. And you're going to plug it in there as well. Once that's all done, you're also going to go on LinkedIn and you're going to send a DM to a few of the people who you've recently connected with. And you're going to let them know that this piece just went live. I think that you might like this. I think you might enjoy this. At this point, that's probably taking you about an hour. So you're feeling good. You've got 14 hours to go. You go to bed, you have a good sleep, you get eight hours, amazing. The next day, you're going to take that same asset and you're going to add it to the signature in your email. You're going to reach out to some of your sales team and ask them to seed it with some of the prospects that they've been talking to. You're going to upload it to medium.com. You're going to ensure that there's a non-canonical link associated with it. So you're not going to have any issues ranking or surpassing them from an SEO lens. That way you're now syndicating that content to a new community and a new audience. You're going to take that same piece of content. You're going to upload it to Quora as an article. So it's now showing up on Quora to anybody who happens to be finding that content there. That's probably another hour. So then you're done. You go back to your typical work. Day three, you're retweeting the tweet that you sent two days ago. You might even write a Twitter thread to kind of amplify that asset that you've created. You're also going to take that piece of content that you shared on Medium and you're going to reshare that on LinkedIn because the people who are on LinkedIn today aren't the same people that were there yesterday. You're then going to take that same asset and you're going to start trying some other things. Maybe you take a screenshot of, shot of that asset, you put up an Instagram story and you talk about this new piece of content that you shared. You take that same post and you share it as a real maybe you share it as a TikTok as well. You then take that same asset that you've created and you look for a stat or a quote, something that's interesting, and you're going to turn that into a carousel that you would upload to LinkedIn. You can continue to do things just like this over and over again until you get to that 15 hour mark where you have equalized essentially the amount of time that you've spent distributing as well as the time creating because there's also the opportunity to go into communities so there's communities where your audience is spending time whether you're talking to accountants you're talking to mums you're talking to marketers you're talking to seos you're talking to waste management professionals whoever it may be that you're trying to reach there's probably a subreddit there's probably a facebook group there's probably a discord community there's probably an online forum of some sort where your audience is spending time you go into those communities and you're going to seed your content there without spamming them. So you're not just going to drop a bunch of links and say, hey, read this, read this, read this. You're going to say, I am such a big fan of this community. I've gotten a lot of value out of it. 
here's a piece that I recently created. Here's a podcast that I recently did with Ross. Check out the point between 13 minutes and 15 minutes where he talks about this. I think a lot of you are going to get value out of it. You do that consistently for 365 days a year, and that asset that you put 15 hours into is going to return a significant amount of ROI for your business as long as that asset was actually rooted in valuable content for your audience. Unbelievable. And I, I mean, I think our audience, they can uh, they can hit the back button a little bit and rewatch that, or I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how many resources you guys have on your website. In particular, I want to point to one resource, the distribution playbook. This is very exciting. What is this all about? Where can our audience go and find it? Yeah, so the distribution playbook is essentially my playbook that I created that outlines exactly what you need to do to distribute content. So if you go to training.foundationinc.co slash dream, um, you'll be able to find it. You can also send me a DM on Twitter. Just say, Ross, I want the playbook and I'll send that over to you so you can check it out. But it's essentially the the details around how you go through that process and create a content marketing engine that drives the results for your brand. Um, it is only $59. So it's a very cheap pro playbook. It's not ridiculously expensive, but it comes with a distribution doc. It comes with a checklist. It comes with a framework. It's a keynote as well that showcases again, everything you need to know about distribution and it will help you do everything that I just talked about and more. There's a hundred plus different ways that you can distribute content. And in this asset, it's going to show you exactly how to do that it's just is this five hundred dollars or how much is this going to go for right you would think it would be five hundred dollars it's just 59 bucks so it's the price of kind of a, a nice meal out and uh, you can call it a day so to speak so um, it's a resource that you'll want to come back to it's a resource that you'll definitely find value in um, and i think it would be awesome for folks to check it out and if you have questions as you go through it um, i'm easy to find on the internet so feel free to uh, reach out and let me know if you have any questions as you go through that course yeah, that's awesome. That's a steal at twice the price. So very good. Um, you know, the one thing I've heard you say in this in this talk a couple of times is really pointing to value and really, really mm-hmm. emphasizing that that word that that's the game we're playing. You know, it's not. Yeah. I saw a post you had recently. It was like short content versus long content. What is this? It's all about value. It's like we're not playing that's that it. game. We're not playing the short content game. We're not playing the long content game. We're playing the value game. Uh, again, this is something that is super obvious after you explain it, but it's something I think I was thinking about a lot for a long time. How long should this podcast be? All that stuff. Tension yeah. span of the audience, all that. Right. You know, I think one of the things is those things are very easy to define. Long mm-hmm. is, you know, an hour plus. Short is, yeah. you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And we know it's it's easy. Value yeah. is harder to define, right? Mm. What, what tips can you give to people who really want to look at value, make that their North star they're going to shoot at um, and avoid some of these gimmicky debates that we get in? It's a great question. So what we've used is this idea of the four E's and the four E's essentially breaks down what a valuable asset is for your audience. It's content that's either educational, engaging, entertaining, or empowering. And if your asset that you've created and are investing in does those four things or one of those four things, then it's very likely an asset that you should create. Now, a lot of folks are saying, okay, educate, engage, empower, entertain, that's interesting, but can you be descriptive in what those mean? So when you're educating folks, you're providing them with information that they never had before. So you're providing them that sense of enlightenment, utility. That's when you're providing them a piece of content like how to do podcast outreach, how to 
land on a podcast, how to run a podcast, how to um, sell media space on a podcast. Those are all blog posts and articles that to a podcast host would be of value. So somebody who runs a podcast CRM or solution, et cetera, would probably want to create that type of content. That's educational. From an engaging standpoint, you want to create things that stir up dialogue with the people in that industry that you're trying to connect with. So an engaging piece of content would be something that says, 48% of podcast hosts never distribute their podcast. Here's why that's a mistake. And then that would stir up a conversation. It would stir up a dialogue across people who are in the podcast industry saying, yep, that's me. I don't promote my podcast. Yep, that's me. Here's why I don't. And it might even stir up a bit of debate around why they don't have time and things of that nature. So it's engaging because it's not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. The third type is empower. So in that case, what you're doing is you're going to create a piece of content that celebrates 20 up and coming podcasters that everyone needs to know. You're using your brand to empower others and to showcase others. People are gonna click it. People who you're talking about are gonna retweet it. They're gonna engage with it. They might even put that on their homepage to say that they were considered one of the top podcasters by your brand. That's gonna drive a lot of value to them. And then the final one, which is more entertaining, is you might put something together that is like, five things that every podcaster wanted to be when they were a kid, but ended up being a podcaster, whatever that may be, something that puts a smile on people's face, something that makes them laugh. Those are the types of entertaining style assets that you could create or a meme or something of that nature as well. Those are all kind of fun and quirky things that you can do to entertain your audience. So when it comes back to it, I know this short question is turning into a long answer, but when you're wondering about value, how do you figure it out? You ask yourself, is this piece of content educating people, engaging them, entertaining them, or empowering them? And if the answer to those questions are yes, then you should create that content because it's probably valuable to your audience. I love it. I love it. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, another part of this value question, I really like this idea of like content marketing, SEO, it works kind of like compound interest in finance. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I first, right. Eli Schwartz talks about this as well. I've heard you say something similar. So, you know, the ideas in finance, you, you start investing and you get interest on your interest, right? That's the power of right. compound interest and of savings and everything like that. So in content marketing, the idea is that the benefits can accrue, right? So you, you, mm -hmm. you've done something, you, you've got that baked in and now you can layer on on top of it like scaffolding. Does that does that yeah. resonate with you? And, and how do you how do you view that? How would you describe that better than I have? It does. So I have pieces of content that I published in 2018 that still today result in people reaching out to me for new business opportunities. Right. Yeah, like right. I have a blog post from 2018 that still generates traffic and still pays the bills. And that is compound interest associated with content, right? I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that every time you press publish on a piece of content, it needs to drive ROI immediately. In reality, content can be a long-term play where you can generate revenue, you can generate results off of content for years to come. One of my old, old blog posts, and it's kind of hilarious to think about, but I wrote a blog post that was just like 20 business quotes that everyone should know. And this post I wrote back in like 2017, 2016, and it generates a ton of organic traffic. And I was like, this is fascinating. Like this piece is still generating lots of traffic. So I took my own quotes and I started to incorporate it into this blog post. And now every day I get tagged on social from people who are landing on that 
tagging me, talking about my quotes, sharing them on Instagram, getting notifications to these motivational apps, people screenshotting it from people I met in high school, all from content I created back in 2017 when I had no gray hair and I didn't have three kids. Like it was a whole different lifetime ago, but it's still paying dividends today. And those are the opportunities that you can create if you hold, just like in the stock market, you hold on to your content, you optimize it, you improve it, you ensure that you're not losing the credibility that you established back in 2017, 2018, and you maintain it. You're gonna run into over the course of life, a lot of times when things start to get chaotic, right? Whether it's the market, whether it's an industry, whether it's your life, whatever. But one thing that is consistent is people want information. So amidst a recession, amidst a downturn, people still go to Google to get answers to questions. They still want to be informed, they still want to be educated, and they want to make good decisions for themselves, their career, their life. And if you can create the content that helps them do that, no matter what's going on in the market, you're always going to be good because people want information. And if you can be the information provider and you hold on for dear life by producing content and optimizing it, then you typically are gonna come out of every wave okay. I love it. Well, this is my last my last question for you is, I just, I don't, I like the way you talk about mindset on, on mm. social media too. So I'm not talking about tactics now. Um, this is yeah. like the conversation we have in our own brain with the, with ourselves, right? right? So it's like, whether that's ignoring negative people or keeping a calmness yeah. and a steadiness, which is hard for me. I, I love this right. stuff about mindset. Why, how would you characterize a good productive mindset? And why is it so important for us? Like what, to, to avoid some of these, it's not, it's not just like what you do, it's what you avoid too, that you, you point out that yeah. it's really good. We've never lived in a humans in general have never lived in a more chaotic non-human friendly time and what i mean by that is like every single day we have the opportunity to be distracted every single day we have the opportunity to be triggered every single day we have the opportunity to be outraged and to be influenced by things that are outside of our circle of control and it has never been a greater point in time where you have short periods of peace and calm in your life that you are opening yourself up to those moments of triggers and instances of dopamine and rushes. And because of that, I think it's important that we become more and more aware because it's not in our control. We can't control algorithms. We can't control the news that is always breaking. Like humans aren't made to always have breaking news hitting their inbox every hour, every day. And the only way that you can, I believe, um, thrive is to be able to find a way to find a bit of calm internally and find your own sense of how to operate and navigate this world that we live in. And it's rooted in mindset. It's rooted in your ability to understand what you can control and focus on what you control versus allowing the media, the various gurus and stories on social to constantly be trying to get you to think things that aren't even your own opinions, aren't even your own thoughts. So for me, I think the key and the reason why I talk about mindset is so important um, is because I've seen so many of us like struggle with the constant stream of news and pressures and it's just not human 
And I think it's important that we remind each other as peers and as colleagues that one, it's okay to unplug once in a while. It's okay to recognize that like this isn't normal and we shouldn't always be constantly trying to be triggered and thrown chaos in our, in our faces. Um, and I think it's okay to also tell folks like, look, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm going to have days where I see something and it's going to throw off my day. And that's a part of the new human experience. And I think we all just need to be open and have dialogue around the ways that we kind of um, navigate this world together. And if we do that and we stay focused on our own mindset, taking care of the things that are inside of our circle of control, I think as an industry, as humans, we all can be better off for it. So for me, mindset is key to kind of living a fulfilling life while also um, living one that is not filled with kind of stress unnecessarily. I love it. Well, I mean, keep up the good work. I, I, I mentioned it like three times already, but uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of all this stuff. So, uh, you know, Appreciate it, Mark. if people want to learn more about you uh, or, or your agency, yeah. where should they go? Um, where I, we, I mentioned the Twitter handle, but where, where, where are your social favorite social media places? How can they connect with you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely check me out on Twitter at the coolest cool. Um, created my Twitter handle based off of a Lupe Fiasco song, so don't judge me on that one. I was in university when I created it, um, but also feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Ross Simmons. Just in the message to just say you heard me on Suds and Search, I think that would be greatly appreciated as well. You can learn a lot about Foundation at foundationinc.co, um, rosssimmons.com as well. That's my personal blog, um, and I'm on all of your favorite social media channels, so you can find me pretty much all over the web. Um, and Mark. Thank you for having me on. I think uh, people like yourself creating content for the industry is great. It helps elevate the culture at large. So I appreciate you having me on. And I hope that your listeners were able to get some value out of this, that they'll be able to apply to their careers in their life. But my hat's off to you and um, your team for bringing this to bringing this to life. I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give you a virtual cheers for now and we'll sign off uh, until next week for I another like episode it. of Search. Ross, thanks again. This was fun. Thank you. 